Hello there, friends, and welcome to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, your enchanted passport and sometimes twister over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your co-hosts, Tara and MK, your good trouble witches of the concrete jungle, here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, our third, we return to Bomb and the turn of the 20th century, finishing up our remaining 13 books in the original Oz series penned by first royal historian of Oz himself, L. Frank Baum, and published between 1904 and 1920 posthumously. And then we return to Oz, taking up residency in Disney's dark, disturbing, and kind of delayed fantasy sequel of the Kinder Trauma Age, scarring viewers since 1985, a near 50 years after the MGM release. Wheelers in shock therapy and screaming heads. Oh my, we are in for a wild ride. Buckle up, babies. Off the pod, feel free to visit our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for an accompanying Technicolor scrapbook, as well as our Patreon Pod Squad, where we continue the escapism and entertainment with bonus content from Tiny Oz Concerts, think coffee shop style covers and mashups of Aussie tunes, our Yellow Brick vlogs, exclusive episodes, monthly parties with occasional special guest drop-ins and giveaways, and more behind-the-scenes shenanigans. As a community-funded podcast, our Patreons are truly our backbone, our people. So consider joining our pod squad today. It would make our day. Now, may the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals in New York City can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Hey, M, to Oz? To Oz! All we've got to do now is tramp. <laughs> we've got a tramp. Yes. So they're going on a journey. Jack yes. calls him father because he finds out that Tip created him, sure. which is kind of hilarious and weird. It's weird it. in Return to Us for me. Well, I mean, it's mother because it's Dorothy. Um, right, right. She just accepts it, which is kind of cute. She's like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I could be your mother. Um, sure, why not? But yeah, like Jack is just curious about life. Like kind of yeah. scarecrowy, like at the top yes. of 100%. Of I wrote Jack um, reminds me of Scarecrow here. Questions, questions, questions. Yeah. Um, galore. And yeah. also, did you catch? Okay. This is also <laughs> my brain right now where I'm at. Okay. Pause for a second. Um, you and I have been talking about, and this is like a little bit of a grown grown here for me right now. A grown grown here, a grown grown there. The state of theater these days. Um, because we haven't had it for two years, yeah. things are getting entrance applauses and exit applauses <laughs> and applauses and ovations uh-huh. like cuckoo bananas. Nobody's business. Which, 
like nobody's business and I am here for it and I'm not here for it. I think it gets a little self-indulgent on the audience's end. Like, I'm like, what are we applauding for? And like, are we actually listening? Like, like I'm here for it and I'm not like, I'm so, so I'm somewhere caught in the in-between when it's happening all the time. It just kind of, again, it's like when you write a woman in the squelty stratosphere, the whole show, I don't know what belting is anymore because she's there the whole time. So it's like not money notes. It's just like not impressive because she's there the whole time. You get used to it. Yeah. I get used to it. And like, this is the same thing that's kind of happening with the audience reactions. It's like, are we just applauding everything and anything? I just picture in this moment when Jack is asking all the questions for the backstory of Dorothy and like Oz, which is also question mark. How does tip know all of this? I want to know more. Um, I know Tip like reads People Magazine of us. Yeah, He's like, he, yeah, like, this happened everything. and then this happened. Yeah, he knows everything. So there's a moment where da- Jack says, dear me, I'm getting confused with all this history. Who is the scarecrow? And Tip goes, another friend of Dorothy's. I know. I, I thought that. I heard the audience, the annoying yeah! audience going, yes, queen, like in the audience. And I also love it. So like, here's the thing. Guys, I'm, I'm so split. I was here this. for it. I'm here for it. Like, here's the thing. When Hercules eventually comes to Broadway, when yes, whoever shall, whenever that bitch goes, we are the muses. Like oh, I, I will lose my shit. Like I will. Oh, yeah. We've been waiting since the nineties. We've been waiting since. The 90s. So like, those are the moments I get, but I'm like, any more applause though? Like, that's it. Like, I just want the, we are the muses to go. Let them live their dreams. Just let Fanny- them sing. Fanny Bryce right now, apparently when she says hello, gorgeous for the first time, people are like, like going insane. I'm here for it on yes. In limited supply, because if something, if something is really making you leap to this octave to yell that, or to some people are big standing ovation in the middle of the show, people, which I don't know. I have, I, I, I have mixed. I mixed. I don't it. really, not that, it, not that it's not deserving. Like I saw Jagged Little Pill, Lauren Patton singing that crazy Atlanta song. What is it? You ought to know. Yeah. I was just like, it was so yeah. amazing, but why I don't want to stand right now. I don't know. I just, maybe that's something to explore on my own, but I think you can still appreciate something without needing to like interrupt the show. You know that's I mean? it. It's like, we are breaking that fourth wall and I don't know. If we and that's, do that's that what way. it is. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like a standing ovation in the middle of the show stops the show. And if it's really deserving of that, then it should happen. Yes, like yeah. the, the wicked thing when it was first night back to Broadway, duh, duh, I am duh, here yes. for that. I would have been sobbing. But like the stakes need to be that high. You know, I, I don't want to stop the show and take myself and everyone else out of this world just for not just anything, because it is amazing. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm with you. Like, I think we've hit something called what I like to call Y-E-A-S culture. Yes. culture. <laughs> like we've hit like a weird. We're in a weird space with theater because there's a blurred line now between concerts and theater. Because mm. of what musical theater sounds Ugh. like these days. Yes. I mean, and yes. we're also like, we've been deprived of live theater for a wild amount of time. So there's like a weird thing that's happening. Okay. I saw the life at city center encores. I couldn't wait to go see it. I've been obsessed with the life. Oh, original Broadway cast recording since it came out. Like I was a 10 year old little girl being like, it's my body. 
nobody in my business. Like literally of you are. because of you I are. saw it on the Tony Awards when I was 10 and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I didn't know anything. Yes. I just was obsessed. And going to go see it, I knew my emotions were going to be high because I loved it. But the yeah. audience ruined it for me, babe. The audience ruined mm. it for me. The too much screaming at the show. The show was also readapted. And I will say, like, I think it needed to be readapted for it's about black sex workers in Times Square in like the early 80s. Um, and it did need rewrites because the team that held the show previously was predominantly white male. Um, so yes, Billy Porter coming in and like that needed to happen. I don't think it it was the best idea to do it with City Center Encores that has the shortest rehearsal process. Yeah, <laughs> like that's needed, wild. More time. Like he couldn't reinvent this show in that amount of time. So there was definitely like, it felt very preachy at moments, I will say. And like that kind of also rubs me wrong. I'm like, I'm not going to theater to be preached at. Give me a story that I can get lost in and then I can preach myself at the end of it. I can go, Tara, think differently about that. You know what I mean? I could preach at myself. Don't preach at me though. Like everything else is on. I'm smart. We're smart in the audience. Yeah. So anyways, but there was so much interrupting, but I will say I flew out of my seat for the 11 o'clock number because it was deserved. Yeah. It was one of the best vocal performances and heartfelt slays I've ever heard. And I, I knew I was that. witnessing something that was going to become iconic. Like I was like, we will go mm. back to this videotape. We will go back to whoever bootlegged this. I love we, will that. Go, we will go back. <laughs> Thank you. bootleggers. But I couldn't. I mean, like, of course, like when my body started, the like, when that started, yes. everyone lost it. And I was yeah. like, yes. But every other moment I could have done without. Ah. <sighs> I I'm with you. And who am I to be like, how dare you stand? You know, I don't care. Live your, live your life, live live your dreams, but we can have our own feelings. Like I had a friend, I, and I think about this quote a lot. He was like, Oh, I think Stephen Sondheim said it. I could be lying. Um, Mm. The quote is standing ovations are the audience applauding themselves for sitting as long as they have. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I don't know where that quote is from. I don't know. I mean, it's indulgent. It's indulgent is what we're trying to say. It's a little showy, but I'm also like here. I'm also all here for like an old school. I love it when there's that old man who's like, brother. Like I'm here for that. Oh, that's the best. I'm here for a croaked out. I'm here for a... For so a croaked, what, croaked. What, we're, what we're saying is where it's complicated on this, but I also have to say yeah. this, like I also felt the same energy when they introduced the yellow brick for the first time. I felt an entrance applause in the book as I read it for the yellow brick. An entrance applause. <laughs> like Stop, I was just I'm like, dead. That's, that's how I'm living now. It's like, because that's the world we're in. Like that's the world we're in. Like things get entrance applauses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't a know. A friend of Dorothy. That's, I mean, that is really interesting because obviously this was like before perhaps that phrase became, you right. know, I know so it's, just, it's very cool. It's a callback to something that didn't even exist yet. So that's, I love it is, it is interesting, but I have to point yeah. out too, in this little like tip people magazine recap of what has been going <laughs> on, which we don't have to get into. It just explains to tip like Dorothy's whole story. Yeah. No lion. The lion didn't happen. The lion is not there. <laughs> The lion is missing. The lion has been erased. Mom was like, uh, nah, he's not going to come back. I think it's the musical extravaganza's fault because like the lion was muted. He wasn't 
a character. He was, and Baum was like, we don't need actor. that character in the musical. <laughs> yeah. He was like, we don't need to put that poor we don't guy. need that costume. What was his name? Harold something. Arthur. No, you're right. It's Arthur Hill. Harold. You're always, <laughs> I'm always like, what is it? Harold. Harold. You're like, I think cause his name is Arthur Hill. So Harold Hill. Same <laughs> thing. Like, Poor Arthur Hill. Also. Speaking of Harold Hill, we passed Hugh Jackman on the street the other day. Just throwing that out there. I was like, I think that's Hugh Jackman. And she goes, does he have an accent? I was like, yeah, he's Australian. She's like, I heard an Australian accent. I, I passed like, by this man with a mask. And I was like, that man is very attractive. And then I was like, he looks like Hugh Jackman. And then I heard him speak. And I said, he has an Australian accent. And then and we then both I said, that is Hugh Jackman. Or Tara said, yeah, I was like, if it's an Aussie voice coming out, I'm and it was at was... like 1230 on a Wednesday yes. by the he Winter Garden the he was yeah. towards, towards the theater very casually. Um, Just chilling. But <laughs> anyway, this is, this is also when we get the first kind of tastes of je- uh, uh, tips sassafras. Uh, like, a little sassy. you idiot. You idiot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like his like little like quips that he has starts to come yeah. up, which he yes. also like, I love it. He like kind of corrects himself and scolds himself as the book goes along. We'll bring up more moments that yeah. we see with it. But so they decide they're going to head south to the Emerald City. Because and they're going to see. You do. That's what you do. That's but what do. everyone must do in these books. And they're yes. going to see the scarecrow who is now the ruler His of the Emerald majesty. City. His majesty. Okay. Here's my question. All of a yeah. sudden, to me, Jack asks Tip, what, what is he sitting on? It's a wooden sawhorse. Yeah, Am I correct? Yeah. But where did the wooden sawhorse, like, did Tip- It's just chilling on the road. Did Tip bring the sawhorse or the sawhorse yeah. was just on the road? Yeah, it was on the road. They sold really? it. Really? Yeah. What? It <laughs> so it was no, just a someone's sawhorse. Mis- someone's missing their sawhorse. I get it. Okay. I was like, whose is this? I mean, I love that they decide to use the powder of life. On yes, this. they do. They say, I think, yeah, it all happens. And like, it's all kind of amazing. Like Tip is starting to get annoyed with all the questions that like Jack is <laughs> answering. And he's like, wait, this is I actually mean, a good idea. Like we should do I this. Get it. Because Jack also needs help. He can't do this journey on his own. So this yeah. is this is sweet. The sawhorse is so sweet. I love how he's illustrated. Love the sawhorse. I, I also love how he's illustrated by Scotty Young and the yeah. comics. He's so so sweet. Um, his naughty eyes, I love too. Like, and they have to make him ears because he can't hear initially. Yeah. It's really sweet how this all develops. Um, I mean, Tip is like the healthcare premium for Jack and the sawhorse. Like he just keeps Aww, fixing them. He's the premium. Um, he's very much on, like he doesn't want their joints to wear on out. So he's very much got an eye on all of this. Um, yeah. The sawhorse mm-hmm. comes to life and we got them and now they're off. Yep. They're off. They're crossing a river. They float on the sawhorse in order to cross Jack. We start getting his like hypochondriac fears of death. And he's always like, will oh, this man. ruin a pumpkin? Yeah. I'm like, I, I feel you, Jack. I'm always like, spoil. is this going to cause something bad? You know, his mortality, um, like he's, he's yes. just been alive for such a sweet amount of time. And he's already yeah. feeling his mortality. What a sweetheart. Love Which, him. you know, is all is interesting in Oz because like we we see Bomb go back and forth too with like between if death, questioning mortality yeah. and then and money too, which I will bring up in a hot second. Oh yeah, we're about to talk about we're that. about to talk about some money, but um <laughs> I just looked at my book and it says 
whoa, you idiot. Whoa. <laughs> well, you idiot. I love Tip so much. Like, I just love that he Tip says Tip is idiot. fantastic. That makes me think of Corella DeVille. It's one of my favorites. She's like, you, you idiots. <laughs> you idiots. Yeah. She is <laughs> It's my great. favorite. Yes. But I love Tip so much in all, in all of this. Um, yeah, okay. me too. Oh, yeah. There's my entrance applause note for the yellow brick. Yes, for the yes, yellow yes. brick road. So eventually they do reach the Emerald City. And here's yeah. where things are confusing. Oh, wait, no. Because don't they split? Don't they split? Yeah, Tip does not. He's not with them anymore when they reach the Emerald City. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. So on their way after the river. The river, <laughs> pause. Pause for the river. Because there's a ferryman there who's like, give me money to pass. And I was like, what? Who's this ferryman? Wait, man? there's a ferryman? Wait, what? I think it's the wizard. The ferryman is the wizard. He's like, give me money to pass. There's a ferryman and they're trying to pass the water. And then the ferryman's like, well, if you don't want to pay, you're going to have to float across the river. And then they do that. Well, you said, you mentioned the river. I'm just pausing for the river for a second. Cause I did not know there was a ferryman. There's a ferryman and he gives them the instructions to like how to pass, how to pass the, the, the water. But it's just interesting. He's like, if you have money, I'll get you across. And they don't, so they have to be scrappy about it. Oh, and this here is, it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot about this. He's really wicked looking in um, the drawing that Scotty Young does in the comic. I, yeah. if I had a little, like, who can this be? I think it's the wizard. <laughs> I think Ooh, he's back. Hot take. He is back and he wants yeah, money. Yeah. And I think he's like trying to get his, his money. I think he's rebuilding his power right now because he's lost everything because his hot air balloon probably didn't get him anywhere. Um, uh, he fell in the river. <laughs> just also want to mention, like, as we before they have this split over here, because basically what's going to happen. Oh, yes. Is yes. Tip gets dropped and <laughs> Jack doesn't notice and they keep and they soar on. Because and the sawhorse. Yeah, they can't. They don't, they don't know. know. They, they don't know any better. So they just keep going after this whole like swim across. It's hilarious. The river. It's very much also the Dorothy routine is happening. Like they have to yeah. pause for a tip to eat. Like it's same yes. kind of thing. Like the whole song and dance we witnessed with Dorothy, it's the yes. same thing happening, which is kind of cute and sweet. Um, and then we have tip is gone because Bye-bye. off like a rocket. <laughs> they left him behind. And we so, got yeah. the guardian of the gate is back. The guardian of the gates. He's back. Entrance applause. <laughs> Entrance applause. Welcome back. Oh my gosh. And he's like, okay, I'm going to see what can be done for you. Basically, he says, put this, put, put these spectacles on. The guardian opens a big box of spectacles and tried to fit a pair to Jack's great round eyes, but he doesn't have a pair that will fit. That's like a funny, like a whole funny moment. Yes, to like tie the spectacles on. Here's what I note. They keep up the charade, right? That's what I was so curious about. We haven't really paused on this, but I think it's just worth a brief mention. I am also going to put my opinion into it. I hate, this is the thing I hate the most about Marvel's Land of Us. The Emerald City is actually green now. And like Gillikin Country is purple. Like the grass is purple. They're like actually oh, green yeah right? i'm like i like it when it's like the emblems of like it's the color like it's like almost like their football teams or like sports teams like i'm here right it's that. like here we're representing this yeah color. yeah like it's the country's colors right like yeah no not to this gr- purple grass i'm not here for i it. asked this question the other day to someone and i was like if you had to choose if you could only see the world 
in various shades of one color, what color would you choose? And I think I was, I think I may have subconsciously stolen it from this. Oh, I think I chose green because it feels like naturey and green soothing. is a great color to have to see one of. I would say, I would say that like, but it also gives me like this. Color. Yeah. But this gives me anxiety. I don't want everything to be one color. So I don't actually no. like, I agree with you. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm like, bomb. This is the worst idea you presented. <laughs> I think if, I think it fades. Like, I don't think he keeps it up. Right. That makes sense. But the charade of the green goggles is totally being kept up. It is for there. Reason. And that Not makes sure. me mad at like the scarecrow and like his complicity, like the scarecrow. Scarecrow, come think, on, you know better. But I also think the scarecrow is a prime example of someone who's in power who does not want to be your activist. He doesn't want to be your activist. He doesn't want to change everything. Like he kind of doesn't want to be there. Be there. Well, there's a line that all, I pulled. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my God, he really can't wait to get this crown off his head. Um, yeah. Yep. But we get, to, we get a nice chapter on his majesty, the scarecrow, because the sophomore has to stay behind, right? He stays behind, but it's just Jack that goes. Through. Yeah. I don't think they allow him in. Cause he's a horse. Like, cause okay, he's a sure. horse. Yeah. They're like no horses allowed. <laughs> right. But we get this whole cool scene with Jellia jam. Who's entrance. Jellia! Welcome back. Welcome Love back. her. She is so sassy because they're being it's such a silly like this was oh i love this scene they're basically like wait you speak the language of the gillikins you as the scarecrow speak the language of the munchkins munchkins but but they're speaking to each other and they're like but oh man we can't understand each other (laughs) but they should but they but they are literally talking which so they're like Let's bring in an interpreter. I know it's so funny. And she's so like, Jelly I'm Jam. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna mess it all up. I'm not gonna purpose be purposefully honest. is messing things up and just not being a good interpreter. She's like I enjoying love it. it. Oh, she's having yeah, a grand. Yeah, she's time. having a grand old time. She's like these fools, these men in power. Like they're so silly. Um, I love her dearly. I love her too. And like this scene is really great. I this is like put it on stage. Like this is very yeah. funny. This would be wonderful like, to see two men who are completely understanding themselves, but saying they're miscommunicating. Like it's very, yeah. very funny. And at one point, I think it's the scarecrow. She keeps messing up and, and scarecrow's like, are you quite certain you understand the languages of both the Gillikins and the munchkins? She's like quite certain. Yes. <laughs> Trying not to laugh. <laughs> She's excellent. Like that would be my, like, Oh, if I'm in the ensemble of the Marvel Sand of Oz, I'm like, I hope I get Jelly and Jam. I hope I get that part. <laughs> I hope I'm, wait, I'm, I hope I'm ensemble slash Jelly and Jam. <laughs> oh my gosh. Equity contract, honey. <laughs> like, you know, that little print, that little like featured ensemble bump. Oh yes. Come on. Like Andrea Dotto at the end of bandstand. <laughs> yes. Andrea Dotto at the end of bandstand. <laughs> Slipperhood sis. I was like, that's the best track. Cause you're just like, la la la. And then you're like, Hey, I'm here. Yeah. Like she had the cutest bit and it was it's memorable. really great. Yeah. Yep. So really memorable. Cute. But Shout now out. we get to go back to tip. Tipitarius <laughs> has been the dino- left the behind. Dinosaur, I know it um, does sound like a dinosaur. And here is who he gets to meet. Oh my General- gosh. On the side of the road. General Ginger, who I General think of the, Ginger. I think of the gingin candies anytime I think of General Ginger. Ooh. The like ginger candies that are so good. Oh yeah, them. those so are bad. so good. Those so are so bad for your teeth. They're so bad for your teeth. As is everything good in life. <laughs> I know. They rot your teeth. But sh- okay. she's full fierce. On, full on pause for General yeah. Ginger. Just for the costume yeah. description. Excuse it's, me. 
the best. I, I'm saying costume and I know it's having, like, like their outfits. Yeah. I'm having a hot flashback to Tiffany Haddish yeah. at the Oscars when she, they were like, what is your costume? She's like, it's not a costume. This is my literal outfit. These are my clothes. I'm not a character. And, and then the poor reporter who just flubbed her words died. So but like, luckily that die. was luckily that was the least shocking or the most shocking thing that happened at the Oscars this year. We do not need to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> moving quite just, along. Yeah, moving along. Okay, just oh, but it says here she wore a costume. It says costume that yeah. struck the boy as being remarkably brilliant. Also, oh, take great. that in for a second. She wore a costume that struck the boy to be remarkably brilliant. So there's like this, Fierce. like also like Tip is acknowledging, yes, queen. Um, her, <laughs> her, her silken waist being of emerald green and her skirt of four distinct colors, blue in front, yellow at the left side, red at the back and purple at the right side. Give me this. I need this. I need Can this. Can we I sew this. this and make I it? Need, I need it. Fastening the waist in front were four buttons. The top one blue, the next yellow, a third red and the last purple the splendor should have this the splendor of this dress was almost barbaric so tip was fully justified in staring at the gown for some moments before his eyes were attracted by the pretty face above it also like this is this is hints to me for tips transformation right like ooh, i like this i love this yeah like and i i love it but like ginger is freaking fierce i love her she has knitting needles in her hair She's so good. Like this character is amazing. The only thing I have a problem with is beauty culture, beauty politics definitely define her army. You got to be pretty to be in her army. Don't love that. Right. There are some things in this that were like maybe intended to be feminist, but they come across as old fashioned feminism. Oh yeah. It's toxic feminism. A hundred percent. And because like to- feminism that is defined by beauty standards is just toxic. So, and this right. is like to be in your army, you have to be pretty because that will like make the, the, um, the, when they overtake the Emerald city, that'll make them, the men, the male identifying humans melt. If they're pretty, they won't fight back. Like they, that's their yeah. tactic. Yeah. And like, it's a little like, we don't want to do this and that. And like, we don't want to cook meals or wash floors, which I, I love. I love part of it. Cause I'm like, call out those gender norms that are like, of why? course, call them that out. had not like, really been done before. No, I'm like, call them he was out. way like, ahead why? of his time. Yeah, that is cool. But it's a little like the joke is on the women because obviously at the end of this book, spoiler alert, they're they go, go back. Right back. And they're, they're like, glad to, oh, yeah. and they're glad to, they're like, Oh, our husband and the men are sucked. like, Oh, this was, I'm so tired from cooking. Yeah. And it's and like, like, Oh, we'll we go it. back to the way things were, you know, I totally right. noted that as but well yeah. as like, I'm all for gems and diamonds, but that also felt a little like women just want diamonds Sparkly, and emeralds, you know, yeah. I don't know. It, it just felt like, yeah. Like, um, a little basic, basic yes. <laughs> There's a word which for 1904. For. Hey, <laughs> what it, what do you call someone who's just after money? Like surface like, levelly, materialistic, materialistic. Yeah, like yeah. that is that's the vibe. But I will say at this time, um, this is supposed to be like a mirror of the women's suffragette movement, which was predominantly yes. white females. Always want to acknowledge that because yes. it didn't include all women. Um, which right now in this time in 1904. They were hardcore canvassing for the right for women to vote. So yeah. 
getting to see this though on stage as a woman, I probably would have loved it. It's kind of like, okay, I think about how to succeed in business without really trying. It's such a good show. The way it's sexist as anything, but it's aware right. of how sexist it is. It's aware. Yeah. So if I was a woman in the audience, you know, coming off of my, you know, 90th floor receptionist job, coming down to see this Broadway show and seeing these secretaries <laughs> serve in the most like discreet ways, I would have loved it and laughed. Like, I hope like women yeah. from like the suffragette movement would read this and laugh. Be like, I think they okay, would. Yes. This is yeah. 1904. Like we are in right. 22. Ni- we're what are we in? 2022. 1920. We're in 1922. So like, of course, he was so ahead of his time, even with having an army of revolt of women who are like, literally, she says the Emerald City has been run by men for too long. For like, too long. That is way ahead of his time, which is cool. And, she's and also at like, the same not, time, you're not doing enough like how. The city glitters like it's it, it, you're not doing enough. Like I will make this better. You're not taking advantage of the full beauty of this piece of real estate. Okay. <laughs> right. Like she's like, I got better ideas. Like she's totally yes. like, I'm going to take away the, um, I'm going to bring in the soda machine. Like that's what she's saying. Like she's the like running. For I love president. it. I, I love it. But she's no yeah. plan. Like she really just has ideas and no plan. Yeah. She wants the jewels. Yeah. I mean, they just run off of like this knitting needle thing, which actually does work pretty well. I do love the knitting needles. I mean, Tip gets hit with one at one point. I mean, he does. I mean, also like, can we talk about the Royal Army of Oz for a second? Royal it's Army. Person. It's one person. The Royal Army of Oz <laughs> is one person. It's so good. It's one person. But yeah, I just saw this quote from General Ginger. She says, Tip's like, many of you will be slain. Ginger says, what man would oppose a girl or dare to harm her? And there is not an ugly face in my entire army. That's, yeah, she's like, that's the thing. It's like, ooh, like I, love, I love her. It's like when you watch a mean girl, you like love them a little bit. And then you're like, girl, like, come on, oh. get it together. Yeah, it's yeah. our culture. Like it's our culture yeah. with like mean girls. Cause it's like, we love yeah. them, but we also are like, we don't ever want to interact with them. I don't want to be them. I, mean, I love them. No, but I want to play them on stage. There's so I want to play fun. them, but I don't want to yeah. be them in real life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's so much fun to take on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yes. the army, the Royal Army is one person. But Tip gets into Emerald City basically with them. Like he's carrying yeah. a bunch of their stuff, which is funny. And um, I do love this. The Guardian of the Gates. He's like, here's the gender norm. Like he just drops it. He's like, like she, which she's like, we're going to conquer the Emerald city. Like, she's like hey, <laughs> she up? just says it. Yeah. He's like, what a nonsensical idea. Go home to your mothers, my good girls and uh, milk the cows gosh. and bake the bread. That would alone would have caused like my veins to pop out of my forehead. Don't, you know, it's yeah. a dangerous thing to conquer a city. And she says, we are not afraid. And I love and that. I mean, the soldier with the green whiskers is outnumbered. And then this is basically them getting in like kick line style with their knitting. <laughs> they're like, rock yes, there's a number. Needles. There's a musical number here. Yes. That we That's just cool. imagine. And they're like going for those emeralds right away. They're like on screen. The emeralds are going to get them. <laughs> so it, but I will say full pause. Like we're in a war right now. Like as a, as a planet, like we're witnessing what's yes. happening in Russia and Ukraine. I have my students being like bringing it up. It's like, you know, this is dominating, I think, a lot of our conversations right now. And like everyone has opinions too, of course, about it. But um, it is like 
this is what happened to Ukraine. Like they just got had Russia want to come in and take like Kiev, especially at the beginning, like just wanting to come in and take and like right now where we're at with the we're still it's like you know it's been what like almost two months now we're going into like month two of this war i think so it's wild to be reading marvel's land which is like spoofy war with an actual like on just war actual war yeah right. and it's like such a senseless war um like right yeah. now i was listening to npr this morning like there's so many concerns that like Russia just doesn't honor like the ceasefires that they're asking for. The Ukrainians are asking for to get residents like out to continue getting refugees. Um, this war is still raging. Um, and this is just interesting to see because like they're going to lose the city and they're going to go back in and surround it. It's like exactly like what we're watching right mm-hmm. now, but of course in like a farce way. So yeah. just, I have to point out something that made me go, oh my God, this feels like Putin. Tip says this, but war is a terrible thing, said Tip thoughtfully. And she says, Ginger says, this war will be pleasant. And that feels very creepy. Like, we're doing this. That's frightening. We're doing this. this. I don't care why. Yeah, like, we're doing this to protect Russia. It's like, there's no threat on Russia, baby. Like, there's no threat. Right. Like, what are you protecting? So war will not be pleasant. Yeah. War will not be pleasant. It never is. Like, what is yeah. that? Ew. So anyways, just yeah. the presence of that because it's like, how can we not? Like, we're witnessing this happen right now. Um, I have yeah. good friends who are like, you know, Ukrainian and just like checking in with them. And I'm Ukrainian too. I have no connections to the land anymore. Um, but like, phew, this is all it's always absurd to me that like, I can be sitting here with my coffee and someone right now is like, fleeing for their life like they're leaving their home like it's always just like it's absurd. very not surreal is not even the right word it's just yeah, very it's, disorienting it's absurd. absurd yeah yeah like that we can't all just be on the same page of peace ever you know yeah. but I guess that's what we're striving towards right like pockets of peace together but anyways yeah. just wanted to presence that because I was like ginger ah like you're scary you're not thinking about this she no Who she is, it's not thinking about yeah this. yeah it's not very well Flesh also, out. Putin, welcome to the podcast. Glad welcome to, have to you the pod. Ooh. On here. Okay, so Scarecrow is alerted that this is happening. His reaction's kind of great. I feel like he's like, uh oh, <laughs> groan. Um, and they all basically decide that they're going to ride the sawhorse out and they're going to flee. Yes, flee. So they flee, they run past the army of revolt and another river. They fall into a river. They have so many water, water damage, lots of water damage. There's so much water damage. Just going to presence this quote from the scarecrow that I brought up before of like him, like, you don't want this. He literally says after like everything is happening while he's like getting like thrown off the the crown. Right. He's like thrown off the throne, thrown off the throne, thrown off off the throne. throne. What a play on words. I don't mind much the loss of my throne for it's a tiresome job to rule over the emerald city and this crown is so heavy mm-hmm. that it makes my headache <laughs> i get I hope- it that crown sounds heavy man but he says but i hope the conquerors have no intention of injuring me just because i happen to be king <laughs> sir they do they want sir, they to. do they you do have the intention apart, Anyways, I also love <laughs> i love before they before they when they're trying to plot how to leave uh, the scarecrow's like, 
let's get a clothesline and tie us all together yes, so that if I we fall it. off, we all fall off together. I was like, that sounds worse. I don't United, know. Cause then no one can get up. <laughs> United we stand together. We fall <laughs> very patriotic. Right. So, so this poor sawhorse throughout the book as well, like he's having leg trouble. Like he has to run a lot. I I really feel for him. And so he's like really trying to get out of this river. As they're on the journey to the Tin Woodman, which they decide that's where Yes, they decide they're going to go see the Tin Woodman. Nick Chopper, we got it. Um, Yeah. This is one of my favorite moments in the book and I just have to presence it and then I'll stop interrupting us. Um, I love this. Tip- after this is after the water, after water damage, Tip um, yeah. is saying to the sawhorse, keep still, you fool, keep still. And the horse at once ceased struggling and floated calmly upon the surface, its wooden body being as buoyant as a raft. He Then he asks, like, what does the word fool mean? Like, he's like, what are you saying to me? And he says, uh, it's a term of reproach. And he's ashamed already just mm-hmm. with like, you know, admitting like, oh, I called you something not so nice. I yeah. only use it when I'm angry, he says. And then sawhorse serves the sawhorse serves. Then it pleases me to be able to call you a fool in return for, I did not make the river nor put it in our way. So only a term of reproach is fit for one who becomes angry with me for falling into the water. Whoa. (laughs) I said, that is it. And he's like, you're, that is quite evident. Like tip is like, so I will acknowledge myself yeah. in the wrong. These characters. Bam. like It's like, bam, bam, bam. Like working through hard, complicated. I would like to emotions. be more like them. I really would like to be more like them. I freaking love it so much. But anyways, just to keep continuing uh, on, because we all have lives that don't involve the marvelous Mrs. Maisel of Oz. So we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't our whole lives be this? I know. I know. No, you're right. It's so well written. There's like little nuggets of wisdom if like you search no for it in this book. No yeah. yeah, no quarreling. Yeah. We all must remain good. I don't want to read about them yeah. fighting. Yeah, which they do end up quarreling a little bit later, but it's cute. It's kind of funny. I also just so, love as, as they're going to winky country, they keep being like, remember that time the stinging bees <laughs> got me here? Yeah. Like, just, like the scarecrow's just like reminiscing about like but the they don't, heads. Again, they don't up. mention. <laughs> remember that time I was really violent? Um, They don't mention no line. the line. Like, remember that? Don't remember him. Someone stole um, that memory. Someone once upon a time that memory. Oh my gosh. Or like inside out. Someone took that memory ball. Gone. It's gone. <laughs> gone. So Tip dries. The scarecrow straw is very wet. He dries them. He restuffs him. He fetches Jack's head. Ah! Oh my gosh. They're, they're, Wait. They're a hot mess. They're a hot mess. Like it's okay. But it's they are to watch the hot mess and I mean, they, and they keep quarreling in it. Like that's really what we're seeing is like the quarrels and the hot mess. It's just all of what this journey to the Tin Woodman has, but the scarecrow kind of shuts it up. This is where it's like, okay. Yeah. Then they move on is we all have our weaknesses, dear friends. So we must strive to be considerate of one another. And since this poor boy is hungry and has nothing whatever to eat, let us all remain quiet and allow him to sleep. For it is said that in sleep, a mortal may forget even hunger. I mean, yes, they're yeah. taking care of each other. They're working it through until they get to a nickel plated emperor, which he shouldn't be called an emperor. He should be an, called right. a king, a which king. they have some, they have some funny jokes on. Can I tell you one funny thing that made me Puts cackle? Pomade. Yes, go ahead. Putz pomade. So earlier on when they are like kind of going over these memories, um, <laughs> um, tip says to the sawhorse, go slowly. There's no, there's no danger of pursuit. 
And then it says, all right, responded the creature, the sawhorse, in a voice rather gruff. The pumpkin head asks, aren't you a little horse? H-O-A-R-S-E. Dumb. And the sawhorse gets really mad. (laughs) I know. The sawhorse is like, stop it. I don't want to be your your jokes. I mean, the sawhorse and Jack are not feeling each other They don't really get along too well. Up each other. I also just wanted to mention, this is my word of the day for Marvelous Land of Oz because I didn't know what the heck it was. When, like, the Emerald City was being overthrown, Jack and the scarecrow were playing coits <laughs> they were which, yes which is a traditional game which involves the throwing of metal rope or rubber rings over a okay usually to land over or near a spike i think that's also just funny like a war is breaking out in your in your city and you're just playing a game anyways continue on <laughs> yes 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 just you're chilling hanging out hey, you should be leaves. maybe he leaves he yeah he's gone Let's so it's all it up. up to the one member of the army of revolt. <laughs> right. But let's just give it up for our Ukrainian president. Alexander Zelensky. Alexander Zelensky, because he had opportunities at the initial like siege to get out and he did not. And he didn't. And that is yeah. a true. true. That's a hero. Testament. So, okay. Yeah. Continue moving briskly through. Um, moving on. So they're at the emperor's palace, which yeah, he likes to be called the emperor. Interesting. He's like there a are... little full of himself now that he has his heart, but whatever. He's like, hey, I have a uh, royal royal blood now. Um, there are ha- these hanging <laughs> canvases of scenes from the wonderful Wizard of Oz of like Dorothy. So hey, at least Pretty he's paying it. homage. Um, and we meet Nick Chopper. He's like, yes, I'm totally gonna help. They launder the scarecrow's head. Yeah, they clean up. Which is something that happens. And so they basically decide that they're going to recapture the Emerald City with just them and Nick Chopper's axe. Yeah, no army. No army, babe. No army. They don't need it. Tin Man is confident. Confident. What's wrong? Meanwhile, General Ginger has reached out to Mombi for help. Yeah, no, Mombi comes, right? She's like, Oh yeah, Mombi. Yes. Meanwhile, Mombi just appears to General Ginger. Yes. She's like, I need to get back my boy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Mombi's furious. And and Ginger's like, no. And then like, Mombi's like, (laughs) I I will, I will literally turn you into things. Like she just threatens her (laughs) and then it's fine. Like then Ginger's like, oh, okay. Okay. I will literally. The the comic book really shows it well because it shows like Ginger, like, like fierce and she's sitting on the throne. And then like, she literally like shrivels underneath Mombi's like threats and like, yeah. there's a lot of, like call me beautiful from Mombi, which is like weird <sighs> mother Gothel vibes yeah like she's just like ah, ah, ah. yeah she's yeah. happy that she now now she's kind of she made ginger her puppet you know yeah yeah 100 okay. now so then time for them to get to the emerald city and this is where all the illusions happen. all these illusions are happening there's these like giant sunflowers that they realize are actually the faces of girls and the tin woodman is like oh it'd be heartless to chop down those pretty creatures so who's, tip yeah, who, who's the one who realizes it's yeah it's tipping like this is a mom tip trick. says i believe <laughs> it's magic i've known old mommy to do things like that before and so the woodman says let's shut our eyes and walk forward the scarecrow says my eyes are not painted to shut so it's the pumpkin head actually who strolls forward and they realize, <laughs> oh, this is an illusion. I know. So that is one of them. Um, what are the here other comes, ones? Here comes a favorite character. 
we've got woggle bug coming on in. Here we go. We've got the woggle bug. Which I feel like we're not oh, going to do him justice in this episode, but he is fantastic. The, H, the HM means highly magnified. Yeah. So he's like a, a new peculiar addition <laughs> now him. to the team that we get added on. Now yep. he just kind of show he just shows up. They're like, what's the he just shows up. approaching us? And he's like, Hey everyone, like here's my hey, card. He's, he's like Dolly Levi from Hello Dolly. Hey, everyone. Like, he really um, is. And they're like, what's I a love him. bug? So it's just, and he like kind of gives his backstory, like totally like, which the is old so cute. Yeah. The old fashioned backstory of like the Tin Man story and the wonderful Wizard of Oz, which just basically is all about he, how he became like the scholar of Oz. Right. Yeah, so he was just like chilling one day and he honey, I blew up the kids. (laughs) He did. He I blew up the kids. He was like chilling in the cracks of a schoolhouse. And so he would he became thoroughly educated by listening to Professor Know It All, not spelled the way we would think. Um, and then (laughs) Professor Know It All captures him, he puts him under a magnifying glass. uh, The Wogglebug bows, and everyone's like, Oh my god, a girl falls out a window, he escapes. (laughs) And that's how he became highly magnified. (laughs) That's how he became highly magnified. It's such and a great story. He is another like kind of annoying addition to our group <laughs> in the best way. Like it's like he's a know-it-all. Make you laugh. Like they're super funny. He's punny. Um, no one's really feeling it. They're like, oh, right. Like he's totally he's bomb. It's like yeah. bomb entering. <laughs> it it's is like it bomb's is. dad j- jokes like entering. And then we also get the queen of field mice. She's as, like, back. Another- the Tin Woodman blows his silver whistle and she comes back yeah. and she gives to help, like to help a dozen out, of right? her mice. Yeah. She gives yeah. him like a dozen of her mice. The scarecrow hides them in his straw. Um, and then they go through more mirages, right? Aren't there more here? Yeah. Like there's fire, there's walls, there's swirling roads, which sounds there's, crazy. There's also, um, yeah, a river. The, there's another river, river. <laughs> yeah but the queen of field mice is like follow me guys yeah i love Got her you. she's the best she's mvp mvp of the book always like she's kind of the littlest who gets them back on track like right yeah like, she's always that which is really she's always there to help it's cool to see her again but just keeping continuing on yeah. i love that like jack pumpkinhead going through the fire he's like we're not even being scorched <laughs> like, they're, like, they're like all amazed that it's all just truly an illusion yeah. They finally get back to the Emerald City. Um, the Tin Man is swinging this, that axe. <laughs> yeah, he's swinging that axe and everyone's running. But like, it is amazing to see, like, to look at the scenes of like women just like in power, like literally like the women are chilling, but they they go right on in and the mice are the mice in the plan work to get them ginger mm-hmm. out like, to scare to scare. I mean, mice work as I know now scare. the women are like, oh, my God. There's also a man that says to our friends, oh, to the scarecrow, I'm glad you have decided to come back and restore order for doing housework and minding the children is wearing out the strength of every man in the Emerald City. Ew. That's like, ew. I can't. Oh my gosh. They're like, hey, bro, welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. Please help. Yeah. But you're right. The the mice uh, help all, everyone scatters. So now they're back in the in the palace but they actually realize now they're kind of like of stuck yeah they take control of it but then they're still surround it so they're like they're surrounded okay, this is a temporary thing yeah and they flee yeah. again so yeah the scarecrow takes some time to think the scarecrow has a quote that he says 
I'm convinced that the only people worthy of consideration in this world are the unusual ones, for the common folks are like the leaves of a tree and live and die unnoticed. That quote bothers me. Like, I'm like, okay. Like, that's also Whoa, like- Whoa, sir. I love the unusual ones. I want the quote to end there. I don't I know. need the extra <laughs> end. Like, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. They die. Anyway, they die. yes. They, they realize they're nothing. stuck. Yeah, they're meaningless. They're meaningless. Um, I'm like, that's not cool either. Yeah. So this is the first time we sort of hear that there could be another, there was another ruler before the wizard named Pastoria. That's all we kind of get. There's sprinklings there. Sprinkling. The woodman cuts Scarecrow's crown off so that the Scarecrow can think. And they're like, we're going to build something that can fly so we can escape over the Emerald City. And we'll use the powder of life. And the tin woodman will build it. So- the powder of a, the wogglebug brings the head of a gump or an elk. He's Tip so brings cute. a sofa, which I love. Tip's like, let's use this. Jack brings a broom. Scarecrow brings a clothesline and ropes. Woodman brings four big leaves, which apparently is like a crime to pick these leaves. <laughs> um, and they build it so that the yeah, they're, committing. They're, committing. they're committing crimes. Yeah. The leaves are the wings. They use the powder of life, but not on his legs. <laughs> unfortunately. And he comes to life and they're like, we're going to go to Glinda. That's so the plan, right? That's the that's plan, plan. To, get to Glinda, but they get very lost. They get quite lost. They're flying as they're flying. They discover in the powder of life pepper box. There's a fake and fake bottom underneath it are three wishing pills. It says Dr. Nikki Dick's wishing pills. Hail, um, Hail Mary right there. There's, there's yeah, the, I know. Bomb's like, oops, the, like, yeah, need like, something else. Need something else to get them out of this because yeah. they go to they fly over America for a brief second. <laughs> they really fly everywhere. They crash land into a jackdaw nest, which in this nest there are all these human items that the jackdaws stole. Um, the jackdaws are returning, so they fully disassemble the scare. Don't they disassemble the gump or the scarecrow so that they can all hide? Yeah, they're he's broken. They have to hide. Yeah, there's money everywhere too. It's like there's money. The jackdaws are are like thieves across like realms almost. Yes, like I think they got that money from America. Yeah, like this is also like putting America not far. Like there's some like veil because they go they go into America, which also is like a little bit of a precursor foreshadowing for the queer visitors um that will follow this that will be bomb's little short that he'll do that follows this which apparently they did a lot of crazy promotional stuff for in newspapers and being like alien objects spot it it must be from us (gasps) alien objects all this craziness that they did to like kind of promote marvelous and then get bomb into these short stories of the queer visitors coming over and saying hello to us wow yeah i love it pumpkinhead thinks he's done yeah so those are very interesting too like i love they're intense i love the interpretation in the comic of them they're like little like furby furby looking like i'm here for a furby they look mean yeah they seem they seem intense so there's this whole fight that happens they eventually leave and uh oh no the scarecrow straw has disappeared so they're like oh my gosh let's stuff the scarecrow with money so now the scarecrow has been stuffed completely with money my body is so closely filled with 50s 100s and 1000s i can scarcely close my jacket oh my you're now the most valuable member of our party you're made of money ah puns puns on puns yeah it's like stage bits yeah 
(laughs) The poor Gump's wings have been broken. Tip is like, oh my gosh, let's use these wishing pills. He swallows one, but it does not go down well. (laughs) He didn't take it with water. So you got to take it with water, you know, read the bottle. The Wogglebug ends up swallowing a pill and wishes the gump to be fixed. Also, like, I think Tip White went badly for him is because he said, I wish I never took this. He said, I wish I never took it. Yeah. Yeah. So then they still have three. Yeah. They still have three. They get their wishes back. And then this is like the Hail Mary. Also, like, it's like with the winged monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Just wish yourselves to Glinda. Why didn't you? Why didn't you do that? Why are we flying? Oh my gosh. So funny. And then this is where we get that quote that I asked you about at the top of the episode um, about fishing. <laughs> um, the jackdaws come again. There's like a whole other f- fight out, that happens. And finally they fly to Glinda's castle. And this is like our huge scene where we actually find out what has happened. Hey, Terror, are you an avid collector and digester of the classics? Yes, Em. I grew up on What's the Story Wishbone. (gasps) Ooh, and are you also a sucker for a beautiful book cover? Yes, I love Bookstagram. Well, Terror, I couldn't recommend Wordsworth Classics more. Ooh, tell me more. Tell me more. Not only is Wordsworth Classics eye candy, concerned with producing quality books at the lowest price possible, Wordsworth also has an assortment of different collections from practical and paperback to collector's editions and hardcover available for both individual purpose and for supplying schools. Released just last year in 2021 is their exclusive collection featuring a dreamy and freshly illustrated poppy field cover of, you guessed it, none other than the wonderful Wizard of Oz, Shebe Gorge, and we highly encourage you to check it out. Wordsworth Classics is a partner with UK-based Wordsworth Editions as the sole distributor of their classic books in North America. Visit at Wordsworth Classics and at Wordsworth Editions on IG for more and revisit your favorite timeless heroes and heroines again and again. Your bookshelf will also thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, what struck you now that we're we've arrived at Glinda's castle? What has struck you in this whole Glinda decides to go to war? Why do you seek me? She already knows everything that's happening. She says, I know it when they tell her. <laughs> yeah, like has she been watching? I love her. Well, I guess she has her book of records. It's a book of records. She'd so be what's like, up. yeah, things are I just always imagine like a pen hovering in the air writing. Yeah. what's happening as it's happening that's which cool. is kind I of that. wild i kind of like it the scene oh. that i love is that whole thing with the scarecrow that's my favorite and it's really cool in the comic book because it's just the dialogue so in the comic book yes the scarecrow begs therefore i've come to beg your assistance for i believe you're always glad to su- sucker what is this word succor george kukor i think it's <laughs> George Cucor, is that you? <laughs> George oh Cooper? my God, I'm dead. Wait, I, think what is su- this? I think it's sucker, sucker. Okay. Believe sucker. you're always glad to sucker the unfortunate and oppressed. And she says that is true. But the Emerald City is now ruled by General Ginger, who has caused 
herself to be proclaimed queen. What right have I to oppose her? She says, Mm. and the scarecrow's like, why she stole the throne from me. And how came you to possess the throne? (laughs) Um, I loved your line reading. I loved your line reading of that. Thank you. Because it's very like, um, it's very like a, like a parent to a child and you're really trying to be kind, but you're also a little sassy. Like let's have you figure this out for yourself. Young child. I also like, he literally answers going, I, um, he starts to fumble. (laughs) He's like, I got Uh. it from the wizard of Oz and by the choice of the people. (laughs) And she's like, and where did the wizard get it? She's like, she continued gravely she continued yes. gravely. yeah she's like let's continue like yes we're on to like uh, i'm told he took it from pastoria the former king becoming like, confused now he's like i've never really thought about this like that's what i feel like i think this girl oh. never really flipped back in in his thoughts like oh like i was telling em this off mic i'm in a writing workshop right now and we had like mm-hmm. a really trippy class that was like yeah what is language <laughs> what is reality? And I, my brain almost couldn't do it because I was like, this is so now like, whoa, <laughs> it's so, it's so trippy. And I, I mean, it was amazing though. Like we basically talked about like how we live in our own stories. So we're all living in our own reality. So that means like reality isn't really reality. Like it's all just like, Oh God, but that's what I think is happening to Scarecrow. His brain is erupting right now because he's never- Your brain explodes a little bit. I'm all here for like questioning, you know, and being like, hey, let's dig deeper for this thing that you're just blindly accepting. But then there's some, sometimes with like language, as you mentioned, like, but but I need this container to help me see the world, you know? Like, I don't don't want to explode it completely, but- yeah. So he's like, what? <gasps> what? I didn't, I didn't realize, I guess I glazed over this last time. What? They say Pastoria is dead and gone. Did how? they? Oh, yes. oh, yes. we were wondering that. Yeah. I was like, how though? We don't know how, like, was it in war? And Glinda he's is so gone. upset by this. And I love the comic because they put more emotions behind. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm in the comic right now. I have my, my text has oh, been flung that. aside. Flung um, aside. But she literally says this, and I love her. Pastoria had a daughter who was the rightful heir to the throne of the Emerald City. Did you know that? Like, she's just like, that's the rightful heir. Did you know? Which, that's all complicated, too, because I'm always like, oh, just because you inherit something, it should not be your rightful thing. But whatever, <laughs> yeah, I, get, right, I get what she's right. saying. She's like, there is a young girl who actually is supposed to, in our order of succession, be the one to go, and we don't know where she is. I so can understand Linda's anger. Like... I love the scarecrow, but come on, bro. You just like fell into this thing and you're not even really respecting. No, you're not even respecting it. You're not, you're not even thinking about like, you're not, you're not, you're not realizing the magnitude. There is a lineage here. I mean, who is Ozma's, as we'll find out, the daughter is Ozma. Who is Ozma's mother? We don't know. I'm, I, how she's depicted in here. Let me just show you, um, her face, Glinda's face with that line Ooh, I just read. I mean, she's it's very much, intense. it's very much like her hair is in her face. Her Shh. eyes are like very um, narrowed and she's just like, like it's painful. Fire. Yeah. yeah. Pa- it's painful fire to re-say yeah. what she had to say, which makes me think, is Glinda the mother? 
Like, I don't know. I just had that thought. I was like, like that's, that's gotta be it. Is it her daughter? And she can't speak about it because maybe it's a daughter born out of wedlock. Who knows? Like whoever knows anything, but like oh. there could be all these kinds of fun, wow, fun stories to invent here. But this is where we first hear for the first time. Her name is Ozma. We get Ozma. Yes. And I also appreciate that the scarecrow is like, I did not know that, but if the girl still lives, I will not stand in her way. Yeah. He's like, I'm backing up. He's like, no, I, at least he's not being like toxic masculinity, you know? Um, yes. She says her name is Ozma, but where she is, I have tried in vain to discover for the wizard of Oz. When he stole the throne from Ozma's father, hid the girl in some secret place, AKA kidnapped. The wizard is a kidnapper. Yeah, a criminal. Uh, and he gets forgiven, which is like, we'll get into that with the other books. But in this book, he is like disgraced to me. Like I, he's there. Like he's a villain in this. Like he knew more than we even knew like yeah. in the first book. And he did not acquire the throne in the way he said, he said the people right. wanted him. Wait, but there was a King. So what happened to that? King? So how did that? Ha- yeah. Yeah. So there's like historical questions I have questions about, but this is also what throws Linda into her books, into the, into the study, into that iconic, beautiful image we have of Glinda Mm -hmm. and her pink robes, get into, Mm. get into her notes, (laughs) get in. She's like, I'm going to go study. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then this is when at the next day is when she makes her decision. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. So does time in Oz, like, is tip, do we want to say like 12, 13? Yeah. Would, this is, is this real time? Like this happened, the wizard became in power like 12, 11 years ago. Um, you are going to hit something that I think <laughs> no one has thought no about. No one because, knows. Yeah. Like if, okay. Cause the wizard, how long, we really don't know how long he was in power. I would say right. the wizard was in power for like at least 20 years. That would be my guess. Oh, wow. Okay. I would, or maybe more. Do you think more? Like I thought I, less. I think like from modern depictions, we see like, if we want to go off of even like, isn't we want to go off of even like Disney's influence with like return, um, excuse me, with Oz the Great and Powerful. He's a young guy when he comes to Oz and he's an older gentleman when he, the curtains peeled back on him. So that to me, like if we're looking mm. at like a James Franco timeline, that looks like, <laughs> that looks like a like 20, 30, 40 year, like gap. But also aging in Oz, like, I don't understand it. And I, that's the thing. Like, also, did she maybe have, did Mombi have Tip hidden? And like, has she frozen Tip at an age? Like, we don't know. Like, it's, it, this, uh, um, I think you're hitting something that no one thought about in the writing of this. I'm just very curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's timeline. good to be curious about this. I think we can, we can um, investigate the timeline and come back to that. Cause there is timelines yeah. out there and see if there's right. any like thought on like, so yeah. So tip was just alive and well when Dorothy was wandering through. Tip was chilling know? out. Tip knows all about it. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. All right. But you're right. So this next, <laughs> this next morning, this really tickled me. She, Glinda has looked through her book. She f- comes back with some really pertinent information. Yes. Mom the wizard big. ate beans with a knife. <laughs> the wizard ate beans with a knife. It's so weird. The biggest thing she uncovers. No, <laughs> it's <just> so <kidding>. weird. <laughs> it's, it is weird. Like, ow, be careful. 
Um, he also made three secret visits to old Mombi. He also limped slightly on his left foot. Oh, surprising. Well, he must be injured. Yeah, maybe he got injured. <laughs> I hope he's okay. Crash. I hope he's all right. Scarecrow thinks that eating beans with a knife is quite suspicious. Wait, did but every did everyone else just forget about Ozma? Like I am like a little confused. I'm like, wait, <laughs> going back. Yeah, like wouldn't everyone want to put her back in power? Or like everyone's like, what happened to us? Do, do people think she's dead? And they like, must think she. Well, it depends. What did the wizard say? Right, he didn't say. He anything. must have said she's gone. It sounds like he took their memories. Like it, it more feels like that than anything else. But anyway, so yeah, I don't want to like spoil any. A, this is a mind melt right here. It's I don't like, want to spoil anything, but yeah, this happens in a book series. So yes, um, I'm. I mean, I'm with you. Who knows? There's a lot of unanswered questions here. Um, so they do know that the wizard came from Omaha and maybe the bean thing is a custom from there, but Glinda is very concerned about these three visits. And we find out that, um, the wizard did teach Mombi his tricks of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there must've been a reason that there was an exchange. So she says, we may suspect with good reason that Mombi aided him to hide the girl Ozma, who was the real heir to the throne of the Emerald city and a constant danger to the usurper. For if the people knew that she lived, they would quick. Oh, here we go. If the people knew that she lived, they would ah. quickly make her their queen and restore her to her rightful position. So I guess ah. he said she gone. Dead. She's dead. Whoa. Sad. I know that's so this bad. Is like, this is like this is Anastasia. Bad. This is Anastasia vibes. Yeah, this is this is bad. It keeps getting worse. There's a rumor in the Emerald City. <laughs> There's a rumor in St. Petersburg, Emerald City obsessed with that show love that show all right so glinda says we must find mombi we have to force her to tell where the girl is hidden they know that queen ginger now known as queen ginger queen ginger queen ginger ginger, briefly a queen her rule her reign is brief she's like general dwight eisenhower president eisenhower (laughs) just for like a little second just for a little bit yeah yeah the, she's with Mombi in the Emerald City. So they say, Glinda says, we're going to march with my army to the Emerald City and take Mombi prisoner. After that, we can perhaps force her to tell the truth about Ozma. And I love this. I am quite obstinate myself, returned to the sorceress with a sweet smile. So I do not fear Mombi in the least. Today, I will make all necessary, all necessary preparations and we will march upon the Emerald City at daybreak tomorrow. And it works. Like they show up and they're like, let's surrender a flag. Like they're literally like, let's go into negotiations. They're like, there's Surely no way we're taking on Right away. Yeah, no way. Right away. Yes, like, there shoot. are white flags. <laughs> they know that this is this is bad. White negotiation so they, tent is up. Like, yeah, there's like, tents. They surround the Emerald City with tents. Ginger comes out with her white flag. She talks to Glinda. She's like um, pouting too. She's like, damn, like this was like, short. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, sorry. But Mombi has a trick or two up her sleeve as we shared in our bullet points. So Mombi yeah. now realizes that she, this is bad, bad news. Bears. She's, the, she's the deal. They're like, surrender Mombi. Like that's give the us, deal. Give us Mombi. Surrender Mombi. Oh, Mombi. the words that are, the words that are used. Tell your queen that she must deliver up to me. Old Mombi. If this is done, I will not molest her further. Another fun word. I saw that, we, that as well. We just, we just don't use. We would not way. use that the same way. Right. I will not molest her. Well, good. Thank you. Oh, Linda. thank you so much thank for you. not committing a crime. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so Mombi 
transforms herself into Jellia and transforms Jellia into Mombi. It's very much like Ariel Ursula moment here. Like it's it like is a little bit like she's using her. Um, and while Ginger is like having a panic attack about losing all of her aristocratic newfound glory. <laughs> Je- Jellia, right? Je- yeah. Um, Ginger. She's like having a panic attack while this is oh, all right. happening. <laughs> yeah. I wish to return home and make beds and wash dishes for my mother. That's like what she's yeah. saying. Um, but yes, poor Jellia Jam is just like a total victim here but this is i mean like glinda's just like it's also like bombing like i gotta find an ending it's like she snuffs out everything one two three like she's just like nope that's not mombi like i know this is jelly jam i know this was kind of this was very fast very very fast quite quite fast so jelly tells them what's up and now we got the rose transformation coming now there's so Mombi knows that she cannot be found by Glinda. So she basically transforms herself now into a rose. Yeah. She's like, surely I'll be fine. She's huh? like, and I'm they, great. And they get negotiations to come and search the whole entire yes. kingdom for Mombi yes. because they're like, Mombi just tricked us. We're pissed. So She's can you let here. us come in? And they do. And they look everywhere until the very last second of like the Tin Man before they leave and to go back to retreat to the tents. He sees a very unusual rose in a rose bush um, and oh decides gosh. to take it. In the comic, he puts it on his sweet little tin hat. Um, and the best line here is Mombi was carried out of the city without anyone suspecting that they succeeded in their quest because they all thought they failed. So it is very much like a, oh, happy accident. It, it reminds me of Return to Oz when like, thank goodness, she's able to say Oz with the the only enchanted object that comes back from the Gnome King when they are still missing TikTok. And they're like, oh no, we didn't get TikTok, but like just happened to be hanging. Is it on the gump? Hanging on the gump is the yes. one object they needed. Of course, of course. Yeah, it's very Naturally. much like, a, oh, thank God like, that happened. Good thing that happens. I do love that right. the Tin Woodman is the one who plucks the rose because he's like our heart-based bachelor. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> totally, is. He totally is. And I love that we get to kind of hear oh. some of Mombi's thoughts and she's like freaking out. She's I like, know, oh, she's like, like oh, no. God, fuck. Because Glinda, again, like notices something pretty quickly. They're having like a dinner and they're like starting uh-huh. to give up. They're starting to lose a little faith. She's like, man, yep. I can't, I can't outsmart Mombi. But then like she sees the rose twitching. It like shudders and she's like, Mwahaha, I, yeah, it I trembles know for slightly. a fact that that is Mombi. And Mombi's also like, yeah, she's also like, nah, I'm caught. Like she just immediately gives up. Mombi also bit. knows. Yeah. So Mombi transforms herself into a shadow and she tries to escape. Yeah. Then she the transforms <laughs> into an ant and finally yeah. a griffin. Which Love a griffin. Fact, the mascot yeah. of my college is a griffin. <laughs> and we were like, that's not a real animal. <laughs> but it like sport. you didn't have sports though. We did not even have sports. We didn't that's need why a mascot. It's a griffin. But I also love that it's a fake, yeah, it was mystical, like a, mythical creature for my college. Like it suits it very well. So it's a griffin, and there is this like fierce chase. The sawhorse is the hero. Hero, hero, and the he like, can this, run fast. Yes, he is like I'm in. Like he, I'm in. Put me in coach. the griffin, and it's just this is pretty. It's a pretty epic chase scene. Like this would be fun to see, and like some kind yeah. of like yeah, like a movie or or series of some kind. 
But can I tell you what makes me laugh? The Griffin tires out. What? The Griffin is tired. The Griffin's done. And the climactic moment is Glinda throws a gold thread from her girdle over the head of the Griffin. That is the the Hail Mary, a golden thread. And it, it transforms back into Mombi. I love her. She's she's from her girdle. <laughs> from her girdle. At least Get that it, Glinda. Girdle, at least that girdle provides Glinda's girdle. Provides some magic other than like pain for your stomach. Yeah. Thank um, you. Thank you. This and then they take the gump for a ride back since the sawhorse is now relieved. He's tired. He's, but like Mombi's like still kind of fighting like through yeah, this whole she's thing. Like she's not, yeah. She's also probably like you. I'm going to say you bitches have kept me out of being like a part of this magical sisterhood. I'm pissed. Like Mm -hmm. I can just feel her. Like, I'm not telling you anything. Like she really is trying to hold ground, but of course, like Glinda's just like, don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Yeah. Um, there's a whole questioning section. Yeah. Interrogation. Like it's in a whole interrogation. This is like a lie detector with the has a truth pearl. pearl. Yeah. Pearl. And if you're telling the truth, it glows white. If you're lying, it turns black. And she is so good with like, what color is my pearl right now, Mombi? <laughs> like, she's very much like, do you see it? Like, you're lying. Like, she's very much like fierce. Like, it, that's what's so good about her. She she's asks angry. Questions. She asks questions that she knows the answers to right back at you to make you feel mm-hmm. like an idiot. Like, she's mm-hmm. just like, bam. She bam, knows bam, what bam, she's bam. doing. She knows. Yes. So this is where it all comes out. And it's. This it's is epic. the big reveal. This is the big reveal. The big Mommy reveal. tells the truth. That what happened him. <laughs> Where's Ozma? <laughs> so basically, Mombi finally there. She's being questioned. Glinda says, what did you do with the girl? Everyone's bending forward eagerly. I enchanted her. In what way? I transformed her into, into, into what? Demanded Glinda. Into a boy. A boy. Echoed every voice. Every voice. And then because they all knew that this old woman had reared Chip from childhood, all eyes were turned to where the boy stood. Ooh, the spotlight. Ooh, the spotlight. Well, before we get into the scene, we have to say we are very lucky that we have very a special guest joining us. So how about we take you into our special guests moment right now? Everyone, we are so happy to be joined right now with the special guests for this final moment of the book that is one of the most talked about later on in the Oz series book moments, because especially now it is seen as a trans positive story plot line in a book from 1904, Mm. which is very wild. Um, So we wanted to bring our friend Zoe on the podcast to discuss this with us. Welcome back Zoe. Wait, what is the day today, Zoe? It is Transgender Day of Visibility. Wow. That makes me feel like just gets chills. Like it's like, oh, excellent. So we're (laughs) going to talk about this this thing that happens in the Marvelous Land of Oz. So Zoe would love to hear how, A, like when you read this for the first time or anything, experiences with the scene yourself, um, how you interpret it and how maybe you would like to see it now that you know, Oz is in public domain. We are reinterpreting. We are, I think, making these stories really work for communities who are marginalized more intentionally now, how you would love to see it beyond. Just, you know, like a very a a subtle three-parter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, I will say the first time I read the book, I was 
nine or 10. And it was the first Oz book I had read beyond Wonderful Wizard because I wanted to read them in order. I did not see the ending coming. So I knew- I didn't either. That there, yeah, I knew there was a character named Ozma because I had seen Return to Oz as a child. Um, so when I'm reading, I'm like, oh, this Tip character, I wonder if he ever comes back. Mm. And um, I identified really strongly with Tip the first time I read the book. I was like, oh, that sounds like me. I like going on these adventures, wearing purple britches. I wish I could. You know, like, <laughs> um, it goes on this magical adventure with these characters that I already loved. I'm like, oh, I see so much of myself in this. And I got to the end and I felt so called out. When they're like, surprise, you're a girl and you have been all along. And Glinda's like, I know it. And deep down, you probably know it. And it was one of those cases where at that age, I already knew I was trans. I didn't know that there was a word for it. And I didn't know that there were other people like me. Wow. So it was just, I always felt this deep sense that I was supposed to be a girl, but I made the best of what I had. And so I, I just found it so funny that, you know, here was Tip, who was like me, who liked going out and climbing trees and carving pumpkins. And, and then it's like, oh, now he can become a princess. Does that mean I can too? You know, it was a weird glimmer of hope living in rural Indiana where there wasn't a lot of trans identities being visible. So for a book from 1904 to peg me like that and be like, this is you. Um, it, it, it was astounding. And I've clung to the book so hard since then. It's still my second favorite, second only to Wizard. And um, the funny thing is at first, I. I feel like I didn't give Ozma all the respect she deserved because I sometimes felt so called out by the character that I'm like, no, my favorite character is Scarecrow. My favorite, mm -hmm. I relate to Scarecrow most. Mm. And, and I mean, I think part of that's, you know, the trying to hide who I was for my own safety. Yeah. And then once I was able to become an adult and say, no, you know what? I am trans. Then I went, I really went hardcore. Like Ozma represents our community. And, it, and it's crazy that, you know, Baum wrote this way back in 1904. Do I think he really intended it to be a trans narrative? Most likely not. I mean, we know that he was kind of reverse engineering Marvelous Land to go to stage. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so, if, you know, by having a small boy protagonist, you know, okay, we got a girl in britches role. Let's let her at least, you know, come out in this fabulous gown for the end. Um but at the same time, you know, knowing who his mother-in-law was, Matilda Gage, who was basically gender studies before there were gender studies. Right. And, and she was also very aware of indigenous people and their culture because she grew up in central New York. I believe she grew up. She lived in central New York, whether she grew up there, I'm not sure. But indigenous tribes have always believed in the two spirit. Yeah. That, yeah. So I, I think it is very possible that maybe this is something that he had heard in passing from Matilda and internalized and whether he realized he was doing it or not. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't think of that. Hmm. So um, yeah, this was actually, someone actually briefly brought this up at um, the Oz club's last virtual event. We did a whole women's history month and there was a, a historian who brought up that fact. You should have been there. This is amazing. <laughs> That's, That's fantastic. Um, so yeah, so it's it's really fascinating that whether he meant it or not, it is something that I think so many trans people can cling to. Um, 
honestly, the way today, if I read it, it still reads like a trans person read it. Honestly, like there is a very sincere approach to it um, with yeah. Tip, Tip basically being like, I'm right before going into the tent with Glinda to be transitioned back to Ozma saying, no, I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. I like going on adventures. I like, there's this level of, at least in my experience, I don't want to speak for all trans people. We're not a monolith, but I know for me and a lot of my friends who are trans, before you embark on the transition journey, there is a moment of apprehension, of fear. What am I going to lose from this? Are my friends going to stop being my friends? Do I have to forsake the personality I already have and the interests I already have to fit in? And that's, you know, a lot to do with, we live in a society where we like to put people in shoeboxes of this is masculine, this is feminine. And so, you know, I related to that with him saying, I, I don't want to be a girl. I'm a boy. I want to go on adventures with my friends and has that apprehension. But eventually I think really tip felt deep down. I need to do this. This is the right thing for me. This is the right thing for the world. You know, this is just right. And I think Tip goes in there, becomes Ozma, steps out, and suddenly just a wave of rightness falls over Ozma. I once described it, I, I have so many Ozma-based projects that I've started and not finished. <laughs> um, I actually have started writing kind of like this, rewriting, writing a short story that is this scene through Tip and Ozma's full perspective. Mm. And the way I've described it in there is that Something was so wrong for so long that Tip didn't even know it was wrong until they became Ozma. And then Ozma realized that this, this pain, this, um, I don't even know what to, this feeling of wrongness that she never even comprehended because it was so built into her psyche when that was lifted. Suddenly there was a clarity. She suddenly realized who she was and what she was. And she was still the same person. She still was going to go on adventures, but everything just kind of clicked. And I, I really love how affirming her friends are in that moment. Yeah. Like, I mean, even Tin Man says, you know, in my opinion, girls are better than boys <laughs> right. and will love you all the same. And, hmm. and so there was, it was really that story that also got me through the fear, thinking if these people are really my friends, when I come out the other side, they'll still be my friends. Um. I mean, I could talk for hours upon hours about this story. So um, I, I don't want to monopolize the conversation here, but that's, you know, that that's my experience. Please do. <laughs> monopolize away. We're just like, wow, this that's is beautiful. beautiful. And this is why literature matters so yeah. much. And mm-hmm. story matters so much. So many people could learn from Jack Pumpkinhead. When Ozma steps that. out of that tent saying, I'm the same tip you've always known, only only and jack just speaks up you're different that's all and i feel like <laughs> i feel like so many parents need to hear that about their kids that are transitioning yeah i think wow. people need to hear that if they have friends that are transitioning you know they're the same person they're just a little different right and that's honestly you know <laughs> i know my mom has had that thought process a lot like she's like this is still my child this is the child i've always had I just know her truth now. And she looks a little different, but she's not anyone different than who she ever was. Right. So here's Ozma and Jack being our icons for this trans day of visibility. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
Yeah. Oh, and I realized I got so excited about that part. I completely skipped over the second part of your question, which was how would yeah, I like yeah. to see this tackled? I mean, yeah. um, I, I feel like every so often we see steps toward depicting Ozma better and better in stories. Um, I, I think one of my biggest faults with Return to Ozma has always been like, okay, cowards at Disney, have her in a mirror instead of, you know, how dynamic could the story right. have been if Dorothy landed in Oz and here's this boy that joins her on her adventure. And then at the end, we realize, oh, this boy that's been on this adventure with Dorothy and her friends has been Princess Ozma the whole time. But I don't know. I don't know if Disney was doing it out of any kind of apprehension about queer topics or if it was just a, we're going to simplify the plot and not bring in this extra character until the third act. Um, but I mean, then you look at the 1987 uh, Japanese anime series mm-hmm. where Tip did become Ozma. And then even more recently, Emerald City. Love Emerald City really tackled, like, I I loved it. Uh, I, I loved this part of it a lot. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they actually had Ozma go through that transition and be so confused. Yeah. But then at the end, really claim her power and be like, no, this, this is who I am. This is who I was always meant to be. Um, and I feel like there was almost like supposed to be a hidden narrative with Mombi there. The way they portrayed it, like Mombi knowing that Tip could be disenchanted and become Ozma if he didn't take his medicine, quotation fingers that you can't see because I forgot this is audio. Um, <laughs> and there's a moment that I almost like get teared up when I watch Emerald City where Mombi screams, I was protecting him. Right. And I, I just, I always think I'm like, you know, I really feel like that's how some parents who try and stop their kids from transitioning feel. They're doing their best. Right. And yeah. I'm stopping you because I know, I know if you come out, you could be hurt. Right. But they're the ones actually hurting. Mm -hmm. It's very into the woods, you know, someone has to shield you from the world and all that, you know? Um, so if I was to see an Oz story that had Tip and Ozma in it, I would like to see it done with a trans performer. Yes. <laughs> that hasn't uh, happened yet, correct? That would be amazing. No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, because the is actor a... in Emerald City was not No, no. Uh, she, she was a cis woman as if I understand if I remember correctly. Yes, I think that's um, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a tremendous job playing both sides of the character. Um but I would just like to see I feel like there's a sincerity that could come that you really would only get from a trans person, especially a trans right, femme right. person, someone who has yeah. who grew up going through the motions of being a boy and could remember that and access that, but at the same time has then that lived experience of being authentically a woman. So I think there's a level of release that we would see in a portrayal that would only come from a trans femme performer. Mm. I am here for it. That that's the so next. Cool. That's next for Asma. That has to be what's next for Asma. And then you. So, uh, Anthony Whitaker, if you're listening, please do a <laughs> revival of your production of Marvelous Land. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my friend Anthony here. He wrote an amazing adaptation of Marvelous Land, and Asma has this gorgeous song called "Only Different," which is her coming out of the tent with this new clarity. And singing about how she's been on this amazing adventure and what she didn't know the whole time is that she was looking for herself. Because there's yeah, that narrative yeah, of wow. Tip wants to help Scarecrow and Glinda find Ozma and return her, return her to the throne, not realizing that they were Ozma the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I found out years after the fact, Anthony told me was like, oh, you know, I wrote Ozma around you, right? Oh, was like, I, I, I wrote that part with you in mind. And at the time I was a high schooler in Chicago. So I wasn't, or in Indianapolis. So I wasn't going to Chicago to do a show. And like when he told me that, I'm just like, oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm honored to be associated with the character of Ozma, even though I've never played her. <laughs> That's next. That's next. That so it's like, next. how many people can say they've played Asma? Like, she really doesn't have a huge representation in like storytelling with actors yet. That's why I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, we need another. We need our long HBO Netflix series. I'm here for the HBO. Do it. We need it. it. Form. And we need to see the rightful ruler of Oz be a trans-identifying femme. we need that that is what is next and like what beauty can happen when that is the chosen ruler (laughs) when that (laughs) is the person who's ruling like let's see it right Mm -hmm. because that will do thing to that will do so much to the audiences too to get on board with something maybe they've never seen before right like Mm -hmm. oh so beautiful wow it really makes me wonder if like did bomb have any idea i don't i really don't think he did but it's like the power of his writing it's like he channeled something yeah, i really think he channeled something uh, it's pretty I wild mean, he, he liked to say that he let the characters do what they wanted to do oh, so i mean maybe he was tapped into some kind of energy grid you know the <laughs> yeah. spirit speaking to him from across the veil i don't know but it's <laughs> it's one of those cases where you know you look back and you think first of all trans people have always existed there's this right. narrative nowadays right. that right. it's new no, it's just, we see it more because people are more comfortable. People are more safe. Um, but I mean, you look at the first, there was a there was a hotbed of transgender open identities in Europe in the 1920s. We only lost that because the Nazis intentionally erased it. And when you think about, you know, maybe people weren't out in Baum's lifetime, statistically, he probably knew at least one trans person without knowing they were trans. Right. That's a good point. There is an article I read that questioned if he maybe had thoughts that was questioning because of how well written Hmm. that scene is like, just like allowing themselves to fantasize a little bit about like bombs inner working. And I was like, Whoa, I would never even think to like fantasize that way. Cause he, to me, like I do kind of put him in like a straight lace, Hmm. but like progressive straight lace. Mm -hmm. Like I I still put, I put him in a box sometimes. I was like, that's interesting to just, think about oh maybe he had some questions too yeah because like shouldn't we all question shouldn't we all question it more before we decide the box and label you know like isn't that probably actually more freedom is if we are questioning it 100 percent. well i think because so many people are told you don't are told not to think about it right they're told you can look down and determine what you are that way yeah (laughs) um so many people are told that, but I really think if we would just let people explore their identities younger, they would come out so much more prepared for life because look at how many people come out late in life because either they've had to keep it in or they never thought about it. Or they don't know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, and it's funny because, you know, you can sometimes look and see where people are like, they're struggling in life because they were never given that space to find themselves. And if you don't know who you are, how are you supposed to navigate the world? Because so much of navigating the world is based on who you are. 
Right. Yeah. Like, I think it's always interesting to reverse the question of like, how did you know when you were queer? How did you know when you were trans to like, well, how did you know when you were were straight? straight? Like just Mm -hmm. that I think is like what we need to be asking each other more. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. When did you decide you were cisgender? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't. I didn't, I'm, I'm like, I just taking took what the was handed to yeah. me and put it on. Right. You know? Right. So yeah. I, I think it's cool to let the gray area of questioning too, like, and I think it's a little messy in Mar. like the fact that there is this resistance from tip at the beginning and then this like, but yeah. wait, yes, this does feel right. It's so interesting to witness that you can't put a box, you can't put it Ooh. into a box. And that is what I think is the beauty of questioning gender identity of being trans and that maybe there is is this divide with some people just not being able to wrap their brains around it because your brain isn't meant to wrap around it yeah and i mean because gender is a completely societal construct yes and that's the thing that everyone everyone wants to equate gender and sex and it's like they're not the same thing they're They're not not. yeah really we made up gender we said okay this is this and that is that when the history of like pink yeah. and blue is oh, beyond God. like ah. just getting into oh how God, that yeah. happened. Like, it's just like, it's all marketing. It's, it's all marketing. It's capitalism. It's capitalism it's right there. It, like, yeah, it's just, none of that even has anything to do. And it's backwards. Anything. It's backwards. Cause most societies would say that pink is the masculine color. Right. That's so funny. Oh of course God. we messed it up a little we bit. We only switched it in the USA. Victorian era, which I'm like, why did we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I just love the support from the friends. Like that's, that is just, and especially what you said and shared Zoe, like that is so well-written to me. And that line really got me of like, you're just different. So it just was so simple and accepting and next chapter. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, And now let's let's move (laughs) on now. Yeah. And like, great. I love that the last line in the book from Ozma, which I, I was kind of reading through this again before we got on line here, her line talking about, the friendships being the, the best thing made because you know, the riches. The yeah, riches. two women and Scarecrow are kind of like bickering. And Ozma <laughs> just says, You are both rich, my friends, said Ozma gently. And your riches are the only riches worth having, the riches of content. And I think I think that's like the big thesis statement of Marvelous Land. Like, no matter where you go, no matter who you become the best thing you can have is a good support system and friends that love you for who you are. I think this 100%. is, I'm going to say it. I think this is one of his best. I think this yeah. might be like, I think it's one of his best just because it is like channeling something that's like, Oh, he dipped into the pool of wisdom mm-hmm. with this book and also like mm-hmm. allowed the wisdom to conflict with other characters wisdom. Like there's like a whole mesh meshed pool yeah, it's a little of more it, complex, it's which not I just... love. And they're all existing though. And they're all supporting each other. They're all sharing the same end goal at the end of the day. Like, even if they're like, you know, the poor sawhorse and pumpkin head, <laughs> they're really going, they really it. are like, one of them is made out of a sofa. Like they're all making it work. They're all making it work. <laughs> it's a hard time. <laughs> they're doing their best. They're doing their best. Zoe, is there anything else before we wrap on up? You'd like to share about Ozma, anything for us also, as we're going to go further into return to Oz and just her representation for us to be aware of. We are here for it. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm going to try and summarize two thoughts into one. 
it's interesting. There are so many naysayers who read the book and are like, it's absolutely not a trans narrative. Don't even approach that. Don't even talk about that. And because they'll say things like, well, she was always a girl. Well, guess what? All trans girls were always girls. Like mm-hmm. we can talk about biology and that's a different discussion, but Ozma didn't know, like, didn't know that they were always a girl, you know, that they were born a girl. So like that, that's, I could thank get into a whole argument. Thank you for addressing that. Yeah. yeah thank you but for are, addressing that. Yeah. There's so many people who want to argue that fact and they do play that game of, well, she was born female. Well, okay. But she didn't know that. So the point still stands. Right. Um, yeah. But one thing that's really bothersome is, and I, I want to preface this by saying, I'm not trying to get anyone canceled. I'm not trying to cause backlash or get like a big steaming pile of whatever going. But I, I do want to point out one thing that is frustrating as, as a trans woman, aside from the fact that Ozma is almost always portrayed by a cis woman. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of the most visible representations of the character has come out has outed themselves as a transphobe. Um, mm-hmm. It's, um, I've, I've kept my mouth shut about this publicly for a long time, but I do think it needs to be said because I think people need to be aware um, that Emma Ridley, who played Ozma in Return to Oz, has been so vocally outspoken against the trans community. It is so beyond frustrating. It is so beyond hurtful. Um, from my own experience, I was friends with her on Facebook when she started posting very nasty transphobic things. Mm -hmm. And it's, it hurt, you know, I didn't know her. Like we'd done a few festivals together. We had talked, we weren't close, but when this person is playing a character that's so close to your heart that you take to represent your community. And then this actor goes out and says, by the way, you're less than, and is laughing and mocking people like you, whether it was aimed at me or not, whether it was aimed at any individual person except for the person in the meme that they were posting, they were still saying hurtful, harmful things about trans people. And Mm. how are you supposed to trust someone like that? How are you supposed to feel comfortable with someone like that? Um, And I've had a lot of other trans Oz fans reach out and tell me how heartbroken they were. You know, I was an adult when this came to light. So I was ready to take, I'd seen the nasty in life. I I knew how people felt about this, but young trans people who are just finding themselves, who find solace in the character of Ozma. Mm. So they start latching onto Emma thinking, oh, you played this character I idolize. And then to see that and to feel that. Yeah, not good. Not good. It's yeah, it's painful. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not here to get Emma canceled. I, I would really hope that maybe someday she'll open her eyes to what yeah. she said and apologize to the community. Like I'm not sitting here saying I want an apology. I'm saying she should apologize to these kids who have to hear a celebrity say that about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. And I have a, she and I have a mutual friend and they came to me when I was upset about that. And they, they, they did say, well, they're like, well, you know, she's not, she's not a hateful person. She said some stupid things, but she's not a hateful person. But I want to say, you know, whether she at her core 
is truly and fully transphobic. I can't say that. I don't know her core. I'm not in her head. But she said transphobic things. She did transphobic things. She behaved transphobically. And there needs to be a level of accountability. If no one stops her and says, hey, that's not cool. How is she ever going to learn and become a better person? And that's what I that's what I hope for everyone. I hope for anyone who doesn't understand trans people, anyone who doesn't get it, like who are afraid or it questions their worldview. I would hope that they would take the time to step back, take a breath, educate themselves mm-hmm. and become better people. And if they can't come to terms with the fact that trans people exist, which is such a weird thing to have to say that you can't come to terms with the fact that a group of people are real. I would hope that they would learn the best thing to do is just keep your mouth shut. There is a difference between not understanding something (laughs) (laughs) and attacking people. Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right. So um, that's my little soapbox. Procter and Gamble came with great Oz hand puppets. I love this soapbox. Um, <laughs> that's we a deep cut collecting reference. We are, um, so, we are so grateful for what you just shared. Yeah. It's good for us to know too, as we're going to dive deeper into all of this. And like, of course, we're very concerned about painting the realistic picture right. rather than, you know, one that's always perfect <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, sharing. yeah, this is, this is good to know. Zoe, thank you so much. Yeah. you it was you? my honor to be here i i love you both and i'm always so happy to be here <laughs> we love you we love you we'll this see you in awesome. like a minute for another book ah, conversation we can't wait to have you <laughs> books, down books. the line <laughs> thank you Zoe. thank you we are thank so you grateful so much zoe for zoe thank you and just to wrap up this long marvelous <laughs> adventure <laughs> what an adventure because that's pretty much the conclusion of this book. We've got Ozma back. Like she is back and everything's restoring. Like we were saying at the top, I think we said this at the top. It's like Baum was like, and I'm writing all of these characters to sleep now. They're all good. We're done. We are mm-hmm. done. And it's like, no, boo boo, you are not done. You're going to write many more. But it's very much like an ending, an ending, an ending for everybody. Yes. Um, everyone has their final kind of and come tie up, up in a bow. Yeah. Yes. Which we, we pretty much got in our bullet points of like what happens. But there's like celebrations too with like bringing Ozma back into power. Yeah. She's a good queen. She is a good queen. Ginger, obviously. Sorry, Ginger. Um, but she she gets taken out. She's like General Ginger's back. No more queen. But on promise of good behavior, she was released. So promise of good behavior. And she says, I'll marry. There's more than one way to win battles. <laughs> okay. Get it. <laughs> so she's like going to control that. That guy's going to be whipped by her. Whoever, whoever she's with. Or shall I say Have that fun. human. I should not assume. Human. She, I should not assume what she is interested in. Never know. Sexually. Um, Yes. And like Mombi forgets everything. Like that's something that Glinda does. She forgets all of her witchcraft. Yeah. That's, that's the trade-off is like, you are no longer, you don't have your powers and you don't remember. And Ozma takes care of her, which is very much to me. Cinderella-esque. It's a little Cinderella-esque. She didn't have to do that. Yeah. Cinderella does this in some versions where she's like, I'm going to take care of my stepmother and my stepsisters. Like there's some versions that we see that 
It's very generous, very kind. Yeah. It's like, I, they're still my family. Like there's still this like no revenge needed. No, no like, but that I makes also, sense for Ozma. I mean, this little line in the comic is Mombi walking away from the kingdom, like by herself, which is like a little hard for me. Like I'm here for like, let's rewrite Mombi. I think she's magical I like I really really love her I I want and she, and she says it was good fun while it lasted all right mommy I see you <laughs> I see you baby does mommy come back I am unsure of that I think yeah I don't she know may. I know it she's in fun like while it lasted she's oh clear God. she's clearly in like Dorothy must die she gets Ugh. other representations yeah so she does come back also like not in the traditional universe so I right. don't know I don't know if she does this is one of those right. where I'm like we got to keep reading I have no I clue. guess we'll see but peace well, is restored the armies are gone the war is over which I hope we can soon say about the war that we're witnessing right now that we can say that's yes. soon over but it's yes. like total happy ending the gump does not want to be a gump like he doesn't want to be the sofa like he asks to go proudly sit where he used to sit on the wall which I just love um so yeah that is our conclusion friends we're so happy to be here with you um this is fun this was so fun and we have so many more books to go into and so much more to discuss please reach out to us down the YBP at gmail.com. If you want to chat with us or DM us on our Instagram. We, we can't you. wait. This See was you. fun. See you in Ozma and Oz. See you Ozma. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to down the yellow brick pod. If you are feeling fresh with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and now Spotify whoop whoop to leave us a glowing rate and review. It's a big help. Each person who leaves us an Apple review will be entered to win our end of the season Oz giveaway, including a gift basket of Aussie book goodies that trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Further fun and ways to support us can be found at our Etsy swag shop from Good Witch Trouble merch to our new Fab Four of Oz icon collection with a big shout out to our graphic designer, Maddie Frank. Find us also on Patreon and Instagram via Down the Yellow Brick Pod, as well as on Venmo at Down the YBP. We always appreciate a tip tip here. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? Okay, Auntie M.